Welcome to the Plan Simple Podcast. I am your host, Mia Moran. Moms have the power to change the future, but not if we're stressed out and exhausted. Looking at food, lifestyle, spirituality, and work, the Plan Simple Podcast is for busy moms who want to create a healthier and happier future. Listen in for inspirational conversations and valuable strategies to plan for your best life. Hey, you guys, welcome to this episode of the Plan Simple podcast. I am so excited to have my friend Jackie Woodside on the show today. I call her my friend, although we met more recently, but we were both parents at the same school. She's since moved out of town to down more south than here, but we were out back behind our kids' school watching our kids play soccer and, you know, run around the field for many years. I so wish I had picked her brain more in those days, but you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. So here we are, wonderful person, wonderful woman, so full of knowledge and insight. I can't wait for you to hear this interview. So Jackie Woodside is a licensed social worker. She's a best-selling author. She's a TEDx speaker. She's a radio and television personality and a seminar leader, and she is passionate about expanding the edge of human potential. She has written books, does a lot of training and coaching, and you guys are just going to love her, I think. So after we did this interview, I actually saw her at school because her son was visiting, and she gifted me her three books. And I personally this year am working on my money mindset. That's sort of where a lot of my work is. I spent a long time working on food, and that's why I have this podcast and working on growing a business, but now I've really dove into my mindset, and a lot of that is around money, and so one of her books is called Money Vibe, and I am just devouring it and loving it. She has a great, easy writing sensibility. So it's her books are very workbooky. They're very action-oriented, which I absolutely love. And I just wanted to quickly read this excerpt out of her book, which is about money, but I feel like pertains to anything, um, especially if you're in a moment where you're trying to change something around your health, wellness, food, exercise. So to change your vibe, you must change where you locate your identity. What I mean is that you must shift from having your perceptions derived from your past having your perceptions and sense of self based on your desired vision and what is possible. Don't you guys love that? I just like underlined and starred that a hundred times and I can't wait to, for that to be my story. So we're going to dive in in one second to this really juicy interview that I hope you get a lot out of. Of course, at the end are three doable changes so that you can put this into action. And before we get into it, I just have two quick announcements. One, I don't know if you guys follow me on Instagram stories, but you're welcome to if you want to. I'm trying to post there more regularly. And recently, I went down to the import-export shipping area of Boston and got the flow planners. And so now they're here, they're ready to ship, and if you want one, you can go to theflowplanner.com and get your copy right after you purchase you will be sent to uh, another to Thinkific and well you'll get an email with a with a code that will allow you to download the free course while you're waiting for your planner to arrive. I am delivering for this week to people I've seen throughout the week who really want their copy and are using it as they go off on vacation. I feel like it's this beautiful mix between a journal like space to think because I really ask you to dream on the initial pages and then really put that dream into plan. So I feel like it's a great vacation tool and then you get to pick the date that you want to start. It's 90 days and so you could start then or you could choose to start in a couple weeks depending on what you're doing this summer but it's just a really good tool for getting stuff done, getting what you want done, including self-care practices, and there's meal plans baked into the planner, and all that kind of stuff. So really, 
if you could, you should just start because that's how we make these changes. So theflowplanner.com and you can get your copy. And I think we've sent out, I don't know, over 350 and people are loving them. Um, and again, it comes with that free course. So you can really dive into some of the methodologies behind it. And if you like the idea of planning, I'm also doing something new. I'd like to call it ex an experiment, except it's an experiment I've been thinking about for a long time. And I'm diving in in a really reasonable way with 40 women. It's called Flow 365. It is one year of flow. So it's based on the planner. But if you feel like you're the kind of person who is always buying planners, is always buying notebooks, has post-its all over the place, you have so many ideas that you want to do. You've read a lot of books of things that you'd like to put in action. But the truth is, is that with work and kids and life, it, you just aren't getting what you really want done. Then this might just be the thing for you because it's going to be a lot of accountability around getting all of those things that you want to do out of your head and onto paper and really figuring out and using the group and me to figure out the steps you need to take to get those things done. So I imagine that for these 40 women and me, I'm really excited, we're going to get a lot done in 365 days and we're going to feel great because built into getting that stuff done, we're going to be building in downtime and reading time and exercise time and time to make great food and be less stressed in the kitchen. And so I really think that these 365 days are going to be super powerful. Now, because this is a little bit of an experiment, I'm sure this is going to be offered over and over again each year, but it's either going to have to grow in size or in price. And I'm not sure which one yet, but for the first year, it's really reasonable and it's going to be small. So if this is intriguing to you, I would really encourage you to check it out this year. And you can do that by going to plansimplemeals.com slash flow365. And you can read all about it. And on that page where you can read all about it, there's a link and you can fill out an application. And then we're setting up calls. And I'm super excited for who's showed up so far. And I can't wait to see who these 40 people are. It's so exciting to see who's showing up. So that, I think, are all my announcements. And so let's welcome Jackie to the show. Hello, Jackie. Welcome to the Plan Simple podcast. I'm so excited to have you here today. Yeah, thanks. No, it's great to finally get together and do this. I know. I know. I know. It's fun. It's, it's, I feel like this podcast is this perfect mix for me of um, getting to dive deeper with people I know pretty well and talking to complete strangers. And then you're kind of like this middle person who we don't know each other that well, but we saw each other daily for a long time because our kids were in school together and then more recently we or at least I killed myself and sweated on this basketball <laughs> court in the winter with playing against some eighth graders so I'm excited for this conversation yeah, that was so <laughs> tell us a little bit just give us a little bit of a background from you of of who you are and where you sort of got to what you're doing today and then we're gonna dive like just very quickly, quick overview. Um, I was a therapist for about 25 or 30 years and simultaneously for about 20, 20, 20 25 years, uh, a professional coach. And so the last 10 years, I've shifted gears into being a full-time author, speaker, uh, professional development trainer, and coach. So it's really been a fun ride. And I guess if there's anything I know well, it's human beings um, mm -hmm. from having been a therapist for so long. I've worked in prisons and schools and hospitals and mental health centers. So my, you know, my experience with human beings is pretty broad and deep. And I guess that's because it's what I most love. So um, I've written three books and developed a dozen curriculums and spoken and taught all over the U.S. and Canada in the last Oh, seven to 10 years. It's been great. Yeah, it's so cool. I love reading. I love reading your emails. You have, you write good emails. <laughs> oh, thank you. That's yes. Really yes. Nice. They're inspirational. Yeah. So, and you have a son. I do. I'm married. I, I, one of my claims to fame, I say I am the happiest married person that I know. 
Oh, um, that's good. <laughs> we like that. And we do. My spouse and I bought our house together just three months after we got together. That was one of the things people thought we were absolutely crazy. Ah. Still own the house. We're still together and happily married. And we have a 13-year-old son. So, yes. Yeah. And I live between three places in Washington, D.C., upstate New York, and Marlboro, Massachusetts. I own two waterfront homes and a boat and a bunch of kayaks. Oh, that's so cool. I didn't know the upstate New York part. I spend my summers in upstate New York on the St. Lawrence River in the Thousand Islands region. Oh, cool. That's amazing. And you guys just recently relocated to Washington. So that's like a new addition. Right? That is a new addition in the yeah. last few months. Yes. I love the house story because I actually, we've bought, um, we have been, I have been dating my spouse for a while before we got married. We had met in high school, um, but we bought our house technically before we got married. <laughs> I remember it was kind of like a hoopla and I was like, how are we in this day and age? And that's a hoopla. But anyway, yeah, um, it's all going to be good. It's just real estate. So <laughs> let's dive into a little, you recently actually sent out an email about to-do lists and I've had that on my head. So let's start there. All right. Maybe it's fresh in both our minds. So you wrote it and, and to-do lists, I feel like, oh my gosh, especially, I don't know if you experience it at this time of year. Um, uh, or you're just really balanced <laughs> but with three kids and balancing that with this business and life this time of year can feel so crazy and it's funny because I mean I teach it all the time and I'm pretty good with my lists and how not to make them to do lists that never end but this time of year is just so busy even when you're trying not to be busy okay and um so tell yeah. us like let's dive into that like let's dive into what happens when we have this list that just is never ending. Well, what happens is that you're setting yourself up for failure. If you yeah. have a list that's never ending, you're, you know, you're really going to be at cause of your own stress and, uh, you know, and overwhelm. Yep. So, um, I don't know if you read the article that I sent out or not, but I said the title. I did, but I want you to tell everybody else oh, about okay. it. <laughs> the title is the best way to use a to-do list. And then the punchline when you get into the article or the email is this could be the shortest blog post ever because the best way to use your to-do list is don't. Right. Um, so that's a little bit of a twist and an irony. So so what I teach is that to-do lists are a setup for failure. So let's talk first of all, because that freaks everybody out. It's like, mm -hmm. no, I love my to-do list. I can't live without it. So let's talk a little bit about what's good about a to-do list and why everyone loves them and uses them is because it's a good structure to get all the things that you're committed to doing out of your head and yeah. you know, someplace that it, you can actually see it rather than keeping it all in your head. So that's very, very positive. So then what do I say? Why do I say it's a setup for failure? Well, what to-do lists don't have is any bearing or orientation in time. Mm -hmm. So you have all of these things on your to-do list when in fact you've got, you know, maybe two hours of available time to get things done. Right. <laughs> and you never really put that two and two together. You never really account for that, number one. Number two, you never really learn how long things take. Most yep. people wildly underestimate how long it takes to do things. Right. So just yeah. suppose that next to your experience, most people wildly underestimate how long it takes to do a project, particularly if it's something that you have not done with regularity. Yeah. So um, so keeping a to do list, you never really know when am I going to get that done? So what I teach instead is you know, put down all the things that you have to do on a given day. You can do it in a morning debrief of your day or morning planning session. Spend, you know, 10, 15 minutes, just write everything down and then put it on your schedule. Like, when am I actually going to do that? Yeah. And what most people find is that they can't actually do all of the things that they said they're going to do today on today's time schedule. It's like, oh, no kidding. Yeah. And that's why everybody's walking around with such stress and overwhelm. So then you, you've got to really start getting real about what you can do. And, you know, most people overcommit and under deliver rather than under committing, saying no more often, saying, you know, no, I can't do that. And if you, you, if you organize yourself in time, you can really start looking to see what can you reasonably do or even unreasonably do. <laughs> like yeah. it, 
Um, so yeah, so that's what I, that's what I say about a to-do list. It's, it's good because it keeps your head clearer. It's not good though, because you have no sense of when you're actually going to accomplish the things that you've put down. Yeah. I love that. One of the, you know, we talk a lot about meals here cause that's sort of what stays at the center of my work. And, um, it's so often people want to change. They want to change the way they eat. They want to eat more fresh food. They want to get to family dinner more often, whatever their goals happen to be. And it's so often, it's just like we blame that on not knowing how to cook or not, you know, whatever, you know, all these things. And so often when we break down the calendar, what it has to do with is like, there's actually no time. Like you can't sit down and have dinner if you're coming in the door at 6:30 from a baseball practice right. and you know and you just can't like there's literally no time well, so it's so amazing when you actually put that down and are like oh i need time i need to make it in the morning or i right. need to make it in the weekend or i need to not be at little league until 6:30 or whatever it is exactly then you make choices based on what your values are and what you really want your life to be like yes rather than these automatic default choices because it's what everyone else is doing exactly so can we dive let's dive in a little bit to what those choices are and and that because i feel like especially as parents you know we have this whole agenda of things that we want you know i think both you and i um feel like we have, and I know a lot of our listeners as well, feel like we have these callings, right, that are bigger than our families. Plus, we have these families. Mm -hmm. We have our own needs. Sometimes we have parents, you know, we have kids. Mm -hmm. So, so how do we, how do we figure out what to say yes to and what to say no to when there's so much opportunity today? Yeah, no, it's a great question. So what I teach in my work about that is for people to be super clear on what their core values are, and schedule your life according to what your values are. So, uh, and all of your values, not just some of them. Right. So I, you know, I actually color code my schedule according to my core values. Oh, I love that. So there's a color for well-being. There's a color for work or self-expression in my work. There's a color for family time. Um, there's a color for taking care of my home. So all of the things that I love and, and want to commit myself to is represented in, col- in various colors. Yep. And do you so, try to balance that like throughout no, the day? It's absolutely or? not balanced. No. That's, okay. that's a total misnomer. Yeah. There, there is no such thing as work-life balance if you're a committed full-time professional. You are going to spend yeah. more time, at least Monday through Friday, engaged with work then you are engaged with you know well-being or uh, or family time so what i teach instead of work-life balance is whole life integration yep i love that word whole life integration so are you integrating your well-being time are you integrating your family time are you integrating your work time like is is it all represented so when i look at my calendar if there's no like pink, pink is my well-being time. If there's no pink on my calendar, I know that I'm, I don't have a good sense of integration. So I meditate twice a day. That's in pink. My exercise is in pink. My time out with friends is in pink. Um, and I've even been thinking lately I should separate like social and, and more mm-hmm. physical, spiritual well-being, but that's another topic. Mm-hmm. Um, Anyway, so you, you get the point. If, I, if my whole calendar is you know, covered with purple, which is my work calendar, I'm making, I am making choices that aren't aligned with the truth of who I am and what my values are. Yes. But I'm making those choices. I never say, like, they're doing it to me. <laughs> so, you know, if my kid is playing two sports and I'm out four nights a week, then that's a choice I've made. I mean, he's 13. He's not like, mom, I have to do this thing. You know, it's, it's yeah. not happening that way. Um, so I don't do that. You know, we do uh, one sport a season and, uh, you know, he's, he's not going to the NFL or the NBA. So, uh, you know, he's happier. The sense of family balance is happier and in our rhythm. Mm-hmm. So it's just making conscious choices based on how you want your life to be. Yeah. And so for anyone who's, that sounds like amazing too, but it just always feels like it, that, that feels nerve wracking or that feels scary to say no to like to say no to something for your child because what if 
they were a famous baseball player. I don't know where I'm picking baseball from, but you know, like, you know, or what if they, you know, art class makes a big difference? Like, what would you say to that person? Uh, you know, I mean, I guess it comes down to your fundamental belief system that, I mean, I just have a fundamental belief that life is always unfolding for the higher order and the higher good yeah. of everyone. Like, it's just a belief that I have like gravity. Yeah. So if my son is destined to be, you know, a famous poet or musician or baseball player. There's nothing I'm going to do that's going to, you know, harm that or accelerate that. You know, I think, I, think I love that we get really tied up in our own wishes for our children and that plays out in how we schedule our children. Yes. You know, cause it's our wish that they excel in, you know, dance or music or whatever. And look for kids who truly do excel, you know, I think that's great. Like my son is a really good athlete and 0.001% of kids go to professional, go on to play professional sport. Right. You know, yeah. so, and he's a really good athlete, but I have no illusion that his whole life is going to be about sports. So right. what I'm committed to is paying attention to what he loves and paying attention to how to um, represent all of those things in his life, as well as exposing him to a lot of new things. So yeah. we go to theater, we go to church, he meditates with me uh, every morning and evening. Uh, so it's really reflecting my values, but not my, like my neurotic obsession or my, yes. you know, or, or my fantasy about what my child is going to be. Well, and I feel like sometimes when we, when we have those fantasies up for myself, at least, like I always have to check in and I'm like, wait a second, is that really what I want for them? Or is that something that like, I wish I had pursued in it? You know what I mean? Or like I felt less than, so I always think that's always a good check in for me. No, absolutely. You know, it, it's so often, there's a, a great book for parents called Drama of the Gifted Child. Um, yep. And it's, it's all about how, you know, parents can spend their, their whole parenting kind of projecting their wishes and unmet needs onto their child. So, you know, when I think about the things that we choose to do as a family and the things that I choose to tell my son, yes, you have to do this. I, I you know, it's more based on my value of what's going to make him a well-rounded human being rather than some projection I have of, you know, his future. Yeah. Okay. I love all that. So, so from that to-do list phenomena, yeah, we've got <laughs> my, my big um, takeaways and it's funny because uh, it's, I teach something very similar and it's why I created our planner um, it, because tracking my time and scheduling, like scheduling my time in advance and then tracking how I went through that time has been a very important life lesson for me in the past couple of years. Yeah. Um, so I fully believe in that blocking out of time. I think it's huge and um, doesn't necessarily mean that you're busy. It means that you're blocking out things like meditation and sleep and health no, and right. Like, so it's just a way to make sure that you have space for all the things you want. So I love that idea of putting time to things. And then I think in that post, you also mentioned if you don't do something, you move it to a new time. So you exactly. really start to respect. Yeah. I mean, you've got three kids. I mean, on any given day, something is likely to come up yeah. unexpected, you know, with, with one of your three cherubs. Um, exactly. or, you know, I've got uh, only one child, but I also have an elderly mom. So, you know, I mean, many of us are sandwich generation parents and taking care of lots of things or even just with your business, whatever things come up. So if you do, either you underestimated how long it took and you didn't finish it or something came up and you never started it. Um, yeah, you just take that at the end of the day, do, I do what I call a daily debrief, go back through my schedule, and anything that I did not complete, I just move it forward in my schedule to another time slot in the week. That way it doesn't end up lingering around in your head and, uh, you know, you don't feel that constant like, oh, what's wrong with me? Why didn't I get it done? Just like, no, just move it forward. It's your schedule. You can be as dynamic with it as you want to be. And you get so much more done when you actually plan when you're going to do the things you want to do. I love that. And I love just that, that act of that simple act of like putting things in a calendar and moving them when they don't get done. It just takes that judgy part away. Like I never get anything done. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So great. Okay. So we've talked about the calendar a bit and the to-do list and how that, that feels like it starts to just, calm things down, right? Because it makes things feel more manageable. And I feel like with you, a lot of this has to do with just 
how we're showing up and feeling. So yeah, well, it's also, but the yeah. other part you're not saying in recap is aligning it with your values. Yes, 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 yes. Does it be, feel less crazy? You know, yeah. even on a day, I mean, I get, I do more than a lot of people I know. So even on a day where I've gone like morning to night and blah, you know, just haven't sat down for a minute. Um, I do, if I can look back and be like, yep, you know, I did this because of this value and this, you know, and I'm completely aligned. I'm therefore operating in what I call peaceful productivity. So yeah. yeah, I'm getting a lot done, but it feels good because it's aligned with who I am and what I value. Yeah. And it's interesting. I'm having a day that is very aligned. So I can actually speak to this because today as we're recording this, I've created this week where I'm um, doing a, quite a few interviews at once um, because I had this value that I really wanted to spend this two weeks not, not doing it over the summer. Yeah. Um, and so I can batch that together. Um, and then another thing that happened today is that there's so much going on right now in my work, but I have an eighth grader and I realized that, you know, time is short and they don't let you in the door as much in high school. And I got asked to do the yearbook and I was like, you know what, like, that's the cool thing about this life is I can take two days and I can go in and I can work with all these eighth graders and connect with them and be with them. And I'm not going to have that. That's not going to be able to happen again. Exactly. So it's cool when you start to plan your days that way. So, it's so, so totally cool. I'm so glad that you get that. It feels really good. Now, look, I know people who have a full-time job might not have that flexibility. Yes. Those of us who are entrepreneurs and have kind of created our, our career and our life by design, but uh, you know, still look to see inside of your schedule, inside of the structure of your schedule, where you can find those pockets of innovation and creativity. Exactly. And I think, I mean, I know that our audience is 98% women. So I do think in that situation as well, um, something that I learned I didn't always do was ask. Uh, yeah. So, you know, if I feel like when we know our values, and then we're in this nine to five, like the nine to five was not made for us right. <laughs> at all. Right. So like, how can we innovate that and make it so that, you know, we can do the things that we're more called to do and like fit with our values? Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I love that. I remember when I was working in the nine to five and even then I, I convinced my employer who was the state of Massachusetts, by the way, which is hard to have any creativity. <laughs> I worked um, one day, two hours, three days, 10 hours, and one day, eight hours to get my 40 hours in. Yeah. Um, was able to create some flexibility with that. I started my uh, therapy practice and then was able to build that up and eventually oh, go I to part-time at my state job, go to part-time at my state job, and then was able to leave my state job. And that's how I entered self-employment. So there's always a way if people are willing to, you know, to say, I need that flexibility. How can I create it? Yeah, I love that. So you wrote a book. You wrote a number of books. Mm -hmm. How many books have you written? I've written three. <laughs> three books. Um, so one of the titles I love, which is called Calm, Calm the Chaos, right? Mm -hmm. Calming, like Calming the Chaos. Things. Yeah. Um, we will put that in the show notes. But tell us, um, tell us a little bit about that book and does that relate to time is that what that's about yeah calming the chaos is a book about your relationship with time and productivity okay um, it has you know basically i don't know probably four parts to it the first is assessing your current relationship to time and productivity how are your productivity skills what do you most often think and say about time uh yeah how are you using your time so the first part is assessment the second part is looking at your values and what is it that you'd like your life to look like anyway yep. Uh, the third part is on planning, and it's a lot of the stuff around scheduling that I just talked to you about. Mm -hmm. And the fourth part is on uh, what I call energetic consciousness, which basically means what you believe, how you feel, what you say, and what your attitudes are about mm -hmm. time and productivity. Because if you change your skill set, but don't change your mindset, you will go back to the same habits that support your mindset and your beliefs. Yes. So okay. You have to change both your mindset and your skill set. So, so can we talk about that a little yeah, bit? Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so let's so, so let's dive into that like a little bit. So, because I feel like, and I fully admit, I had this with the, the you know, I feel like we always make what we needed. Um, so here I am in the, you know, making a planner. Um, but it was because it was a hundred percent because I got overwhelmed six years ago. Mm. Um, 
So, and it's funny how then your mindset really does have to catch up because we have all these beliefs about time that are crazy. So, yeah. so tell I, us a little bit about your findings. Yeah. So, I mean, what I found is that when people adjust their skill set, but not their mindset, they end up going back to the same behaviors that they had before, because we will always we will always create a life that reinforces what we believe. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's... Can you give us an example of, of a change? Um, yeah. So if, if, you know, if you believe that you just, you know, you don't have time for anything and there's no time for, you know, there's no time for me. Mm-hmm. And you have an afternoon where you could actually go out with a girlfriend for lunch or... Um, you know, spend some time, take a nap, whatever your thing is, rather than doing that, you will take on some project around your house that validates, see, I don't have time. Yes. Because it's what you believe. Yes. You will always create the circumstances that validate your belief. So what you've got to start doing is really recognizing uh, what do you create? How can I create beliefs that support the life that I want. And then it's just, you know, what do I have to believe in order to feel a greater sense of freedom, feel a greater sense of um, peace of mind? And for me, one of the things, this is my favorite example. People walk around saying, oh my gosh, I'm so busy. I'm so busy. You know, I've got so much I have to do. So one of the things that I don't say because I don't want to reinforce that belief is I never walk around saying I'm so busy. Yeah. I say I have a rich, full life. Isn't this great? Yeah. Um, you know, I, so I, I will definitely say things that reflect that I got a lot going on, or I'll say that, you know, I have a rich full life of things that I love to do. Yeah. How you language your world is how you come to experience your world. Yeah. So I just use empowering language that supports and creates beliefs that I want to have about how I'm about time and productivity. Yes. I love that. And I just find, I've had so many, as I, as you become more and more aware and conscious, I guess, in a lot of the practices that you teach, um, it's amazing how some days can feel so stretched and you understand how, you know, amazing people in the world are getting so much done. Yes. And then other days you can wake up because we all have our days feeling, you know, not so great and and the day being like, what happened? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that it really is a lot more to do with your mindset than, you know, the things you've set out to do or, you know, what's on your calendar or whatever. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, there's a lot to be said for the principle of clarity. Mm. When you're clear on where, what you want to be producing and when you're clear on what you want to experience, you will be more productive. But a lot of times people just walk around with like, you know, so many things in their head, but not real clarity on what they want to experience. Right. And in a family, I think very naturally, you can start to, especially as, you know, the adult in the household, you can start to take on everybody else's things and get on, you know, and get muckied a little bit. Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, and that I think about what do we want to experience as a family? Yeah. What do I want to experience? What, what do I want to experience as a spouse supporting my spouse? Like, which, you know, which means what does my spouse want to experience? Right. Which means you have to communicate. (laughs) Right. Exactly. We have to actually have a conversation with each other around that, which is great. You know, fortunate to be married to somebody who wants to have that conversation. So that's, that's really great too. Awesome. And um, okay. So is there anything else that you feel like, I don't know, a, busy parents who are trying to, you know, change their family's life for the better need to hear from your wisdom? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, I mean, probably a lot of things. Yeah, I know. Oh, I want everyone to get her books because you've you've written one on money. Yeah. One more on scheduling. One is called Money Vibe. Yep. And that's looking at your beliefs and your skills, your mindset and your skill set. Um, around money and yeah. it helps you create structures that yeah. support having the financial life you want to have. It's mm-hmm. called money vibe. Okay. And then my first book was on change. You know, the three things that tend to trip people up, change, time, and money. So right. Well, and it's, yeah. Yeah. I took those three hot spots, and that's what I wrote my books on. 
Well, I mean, it's funny because, you know, in, in the plan simple world, it's a lot of people come into this, uh, into our, our world to change their, something about their food, their wellness or their health. Um, and then we sort of get into what that could look like food wise, but it ends up always, it, it ends up reflecting back on time, actually, like yeah. 99% of the time. Yeah. And then it's funny because the other thing that then catches people once they start to get that is that is the budget part and, mm -hmm. and needing to, so actually maybe we can get into that a little bit. I, like one of the big things I feel like about health and wellness is the system that was created is not perfect. <laughs> right now so Wait, what is it? about money so so we have all these beliefs about like healthcare and how much that costs and like how much it costs to go to the doctor and so where we allocate our money is is just different whereas you know a lot of people come into this world because they've realized that food can have a big impact on feeling good but to do that sometimes takes more time, sometimes takes a little bit more money to, you know, get certain things maybe fresher or more organic. Um, and so you start to run into all these mindset obstacles and money obstacles that, you know, may or may not be true. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what I mean. If you've got a belief that you, quote, don't have money to live the way you want to live, I promise you, you will create those, those experiences for yourself to validate what you believe. Yeah. If, you know, so again, one of the things I say is, you know, I'm, I always have the, the money I need to do what I want to do. Um, and it turns out that we do. I mean, including some major things like home renovations uh, and, and, you know, adopting my son internationally, which costs, you know, thousands and thousands of dollars. But every single time, we may, we kind of stretch and make a bigger commitment. You know, I end up with, you know, some kind of a new contract or a new piece of work uh, that helps us to support and, and uh, move forward with those things. So tell us, can you take us like just through the high level of that process? What do you mean? Um, so, so the, it sounds like it starts with wanting something or knowing like you, you need the house renovation or you want to adopt a child, right? Like, is that yeah. how? The process yeah, yeah, so getting clear on what the desire is right yep. so those are two examples we've done three major home renovations and we adopted a child each one of those was over thirty thousand dollars so they were you know pretty big investments and so did you have a moment when you knew you wanted to renovate a home that you were like gosh we can't really do this in the current state of how things are like how did you no we don't say we can't do it so i mean here's a, a i know you don't so what do you say yeah. <laughs> another really good one so when we bought up when we bought our summer home in the thousand islands in upstate new york it was we bought it from my cousin who he knew i wanted to buy it from him for you know like 20 years he knew i wanted to buy it i thought he was going to sell it when i was like close to retirement but when i you know 10 years ago um he contacted me and said he was going to buy it now look i was a full-time social worker then i didn't have the money for it so he's like, look, Jackie, I'm not taking care of it. You know, if you want to buy the cottage, this is the time. And I was like, crap, I don't have the money for it. So I was just like, nope, you know, so I, I thought to myself, you know, my spouse is going to kill me because I know we're going to have to do this. Like I it's been in my family seven generations and I really wanted to keep it. Mm -hmm. So um, that, so we're just like, okay. So I called him that night and we said, yes, we're going to do this. So then he said, great, don't worry about getting a bank loan. We'll work this out between us. That was number one. Mm -hmm. So started with me saying yes. I didn't know how, but I started by saying yes. Mm -hmm. So uh, so that was the first one. The second one was I have the, I own. A, we were living in. We live in a waterfront home in central Massachusetts. It's right on a lake. And that weekend that we said yes to my cousin, and I still didn't know how we were going to do it. I had friends visit me who I hadn't seen in ten years. They were friends. Who, who I told them my, quote, problem about this, you know, wanting to buy a summer home. And they looked around and said, are you kidding me? This is a great place. You've got waterfront home an hour from Boston, an hour from Cape Cod. This is a perfect central New England location. You should rent out this home and move up to your summer home. Mm. And I was like, what? what are you talking about? So they actually live between homes in Lake Placid in Saratoga, New York and rent out the other one on home.com or vacation rental by owner, vrbo.com. And they end of the weekend, 
they had us set up with our accounts. We staged the house, took the pictures, uh, downloaded their paperwork and, you know, adapted it for our house. In like literally five days time, I went from no thought of owning a summer home to an agreement with my cousin on how it was going to happen. And that first summer, we rented the house completely for the summer and it entirely paid for the first year's mortgage to my cousin. Got it. Okay. So, All right, so, so it's that's an example. I didn't know how. Yep. I move forward with faith, not fear saying, you know, it's not mine to know how I just got to keep moving in faith. Mm -hmm. I, I believed that it would work out. I did not fret and worry over it. And then the things showed up in my life. The, my cousin saying, don't get a bank loan. Mm -hmm. my, uh, my friend showing up at my house. The renters showing up to rent my house. But, and do you feel like the asking part was important? Like the, the fact that you got out and started talking about this, that you wanted this with people was important? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And talking about it in a particular way. Right. Talking about it with a sense of optimism, hope, and clarity rather than fear and why so i was talking about how how is it going to happen not it can't happen yeah so and i it's interesting because i've gotten the question i'd say 10 times in the past week and it's because i'm um launching something right now where i'm, I'm looking for 40 women who want to actually look at um scheduling for a year and want to figure out how to schedule their life based on their values you should use my book uh, we should. Well, and it's funny because each quarter people are getting an actual package with my planner and one, what maybe one, one quarter, they're going to get your book because they always get a book and some tchotchkes in, you know, that support whatever the thing is for that, that whatever the focus is for that quarter. But um, one of the things that I've, it, I've gotten a lot of emails about is, is moms feeling like life is good, but, and that's all it always starts with life is good. Um, it's just, you know, and then, and then it goes on like for 10 paragraphs and it's like, life is really good. I I'm so lucky. I have these kids. Um, a lot of times somebody ha has an issue with food and that's why they're, they found me and they're looking at food. So they're strongly caring for people. I have a lot of homeschooling people and it's just by the end, it's like, but the thing is, is that I'm not doing anything for myself <laughs> and I'm, I'm actually have no bandwidth left. And mm -hmm. so it's kind of like, like you're, it starts off good at paragraph one. And by the end it's like, but we actually don't have any money. Like I'm just doing the best I can with my budget. So I don't think I can really make this change. Um, but I really, but it starts off with really wanting to, you know, in paragraph one and it's sort of like by paragraph 10, it's like, but I just can't. So what would you say to those, that person or those people? Um, I would say it's the belief that you can't, that has that be so. Yeah. And number one. So, you know, if you can just shift to like, maybe, maybe it's possible. Yes. If you could just go there, like maybe it's possible. Play like a game. Have yes. it be like an experiment. Tell yourself, I don't need to know how. I just need to commit that it's going to be possible that I can live a more dynamic, uh, you know, integrated life that I feel good about rather yes. than feeling so overwhelmed. I'm just going to commit to that. And then we'll, you know, I'm, I'll see what happens. Just start there, uh, you yeah. know, as, as a place to begin. And then the second thing is get some coaching to develop the skill set that you don't have. Yeah. And it's interesting because I feel like um, there's so much positivity going around right now that, and, and this is what I hear in a lot of these, these voices of these emails I get. It's like, it's like we're made the choice that it's going to be good, but the truth is it doesn't feel so good. So yeah. it's like, how do you bridge that gap of, of sort of losing yourself to motherhood and, you know, not work or whatever it happens to be in any situation. Yeah, no, it's like, a lot. I, I want to feel good. Yeah, no, it's totally a lot. And that we are born to feel good. Yeah. So if you're not feeling good in some way with the life that you've designed, it's time to really step back and look at redesigning it. Yes. You know, oh my God, I love that. Yeah. You know, the best way to live a life that you love is to design it. Design the way that you want it. I teach a course called Life Design, as you can probably tell from <laughs> those few uh, sentences. But I really believe that. You know, it's, it is never. Never, 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 never about your externals. 
Yeah. And there was some social science research done in the last few years that checked happiness levels of people who have become quadriplegic versus people who have won the lottery over the like a five or 10 year period. And the people who had become quadriplegic were happier than the people who had uh, won the lottery. So mm -hmm. interesting. Right? What does that tell you? It's not about the externals. It's about what you decide to make of the circumstances that you've been given or that you have. Yeah. So you've really got to deal with, if you want to create a different life, you've got to start creating it from the inside out, knowing yeah. what you want it to be like, uh, being willing to take risks. I mean, when I, you know, after we bought our summer home, I was a therapist at the time. And it was in fact buying my summer home that had me close my therapy practice because you can't be a therapist and be like, hey, I'll see you in September. Have a great summer. Right? <laughs> so not only did I buy my summer home, I bought my summer home and then I cut off my income stream by closing my ther ther therapy practice. Right. So, you know, it's never a matter of you can't do it, but how am I going to do it? Am I, am I going to come to believe that I can actually create the circumstances that I want? and then go out and do it. Now, again, it's not going to happen overnight. It doesn't happen in just one day, but over you know, a year, two years, if you, as you commit and get clear on what you want and make changes accordingly, you can absolutely start creating the life that you want it to be and to, that will feel good to you in a way that you want it to. Yes. I love that. All right. I hope everyone listening is really inspired. <laughs> and how you do that is get clear on what you want it to be. Write it down. Talk to somebody that will support your, you know, your beliefs and your desires to move forward. Make a plan. I love that. You know, do it over the course of a year and then stick to that plan. Yeah. And, and for visioning, is it just for like in your, all your experience of working with clients, is it as simple as deep breath, quiet moments, write it down. Like we have that in us. Like it, for someone who's like, I don't know what I want. Like I'm just in this stage of taking care of these kids and, you know, making ends meet and I'll get that, you know, in a little bit. Like, is there a process like that you think is helpful for anyone who's like, I don't even know how to know what I want? Yes, there is a process that I find helpful. It's actually the, the process of the life design course that I ah, teach. Yeah, I love that. A lot of people are in that space. So, I mean, I can, I can tell you what it is. And for people who are interested to actually go through it, <clears throat> you know, just email me and I can either coach okay. you myself or put you in touch with one of my life design coaches. But, um, and we'll put that in the show notes, how to do that. Yeah, sure. Great. Thank you. So, yeah, very quickly, you know, what it entails is first of all, in knowing your purpose, <clears throat> which fundamentally, just to keep it simple here, your purpose is to grow. No matter what you love, what you've come into this life for, your purpose in life is to grow, to be a more loving, kind, relaxed, joyful, faith-filled person than a you know, fearful, upset, anxious, uh, worried, and stingy person. You're, you're here to grow, I say grow in consciousness, so that's number one. And then for number two, given that, you know, what do I most value and want to bring forth? What do I, what are my values? And I've got a bunch of inventories that I walk people through uh, to determine your five core values. Then based on those core values, I have people then ask the question, you know, how do I want to express these values in the world? And what that becomes is I have people write a personal mission statement, a personal mission statement. And it's not just, you know, out of the sky. It's if these are the things I value, how am I going to express myself in the world? So the things that I look at are, uh, like for me, my mission statement is, I'm a torchbearer for a vision of a world transformed. So mm -hmm. one of the things that I love is transformation, transformation of consciousness. It's one of the things that I find really, really valuable and I care about. People growing to be more kind, generous, loving, uh, and engaged with life. Mm -hmm. So, And torchbearer is an image of leadership. Right? So do you see where I take my values and I craft them into a statement? So torchbearer for a vision of a world transformed, illuminating freedom, fulfillment, and passion, igniting the flame of infinite possibility for the human spirit. 
So notice where my values get brought in there and it tells me who I am. So I don't have to like get up in the morning wondering who am I? <laughs> you know, I just know what yeah. am I here for? I'm here to grow. So, you know, I got a lot handled right there. What am I here for and who am I? Then the next question becomes, how am I going to express that in the world? That's how I have people write their vision. Yeah. Not because I promise you, if you just host a vision workshop without doing those steps, what you'll see is the shiny car, the sexy body, and the relaxing yes. sunset image. And it's not based on anything that's really inside out driven. Yes. So, so I teach true. people how to create like a transformational strategic life design. I love so that. So it's about who you are and what you've come here to be. So yes, I have a very specific way that I have people do vision. And then from there, you know, it's create your goals that you're going to work on in the next three months that yeah. are going to get you in an action to, to bring that vision to manifestation. I love that. And it's 90 days. It's all about 90 days. Yep. Do 90 days. <laughs> and then you reevaluate. Way overrated. <laughs> next ones. Yes. I love that. Cool. Well, thank you so much, Jackie, for your time. You're welcome. Um, I'm hoping everyone connects with her. And I'm actually really excited because now I'm going to go read your book. And then maybe that's what ends up in our package in the winter. I'm excited. Yeah, no, absolutely. We should talk about that offline. Happy to Sounds you. good. Awesome. And um, yeah, you know, I'll just invite your listeners to get in touch with me and, uh, and you and uh, this is just such important work. And uh, oh my I gosh. love that you're doing this and want to acknowledge you for the way that you're touching people's lives and helping people to think more deeply about their nutrition and their health and well-being, and of course, how we all use our time. Awesome, thank you, Jackie. And everyone needs to go check her out and we will put that, and, and what is the best way to reach you? Is that through your website? Yeah, Jackie at JackieWoodside.com is very easy. Yep. Or you can yep. find me Facebook, Jackie Woodside Speaker. Or, oh, my favorite, The Vibe Tribe with Jackie Woodside on Facebook. The Vibe okay. Tribe with Jackie Woodside. Okay, so we'll put all those links so yeah, you can yeah. remember them if you're driving right now while you listen. So thank you so much. All right, you guys. I hope that you loved that episode of the Plan Simple podcast with Jackie. She is just a wealth of information. I love talking to her. She's one of those people who I feel like I could talk to for hours, so maybe we'll have to get her back on. At the end of every episode, I always share three doable changes from the episodes so that we can really take what we're being inspired by and learning and really put it into action because I have found that that is the way to make more lasting habits and make some of these shifts in our own life. You can always grab our 101 doable changes at plansimplemeals.com slash 101. And at the end of every episode, I share three from this episode. And pretty soon, we are going to update that document. I don't know how many changes that will mean are in it, but I definitely want to incorporate some of the episode changes into that big main list. So you guys always have something that inspires you um, to play with. And the idea behind these changes is that you pick one a week, the one that's really calling to you when you're quiet and being honest, not when you're in your head and thinking what you're supposed to do. You pick the one that calls to you and you figure out how to have fun with it, how to fit it into your days, how to put it into your calendar, how to make it work in your family life, in your work life, whatever it is that you pick. Because when you really focus on that one thing and figure out where it actually fits in and how it's going to work in your life, you make it your own and you end up making it happen. And if you do this one doable change at a time over the course of the year, then by the end of the year, you have 52 new habits. And of course, there's some that may not last or you may not like, and then you'll know that. But I can promise you will have more habits this way than if you dive in and think, oh my God, I'm going to do all of that. And you go, go, go. And you dive in for a week. And then all of a sudden, somebody gets sick or you go on vacation or something happens and you can't follow through on all those things and you lose all of them and you're back to sort of where you started. So one doable change a week. That's where it's at. So let's look at the three things that I pulled out from this episode with Jackie. Number one, this is a big one, and I actually usually share this in the instructions, but I love the way that she put it. Plan when you will do things. This is a big part of the flow planning process. So instead of a to-do list that is a brain dump of 
all the things that you need to do, make your list really intentional. And sometimes I find that that is making a list of everything you need to do and then crossing stuff off that really you don't have to do or you don't have control over or all those different things. But just take that time to get things out of your head and onto paper. And if you're already do that, you're a chronic to-do list maker, just make sure you're really realistic about that to-do list and how long things take to do. Because this endless to-do list is overwhelming and actually causes us not to get much done. So what we want you to do is take that list and actually put the things into your calendar. So not a full list of 100 things, but an intentional list of the things that are really meant for you to do this week. Does that make sense? And this is all based on everything Jackie was talking about of really understanding at your core what it is that you need to get done. And you're going to have to say no to some things because that's the only way all this stuff is going to fit into your calendar. So make that to-do list, make it intentional, and actually get the things that you want to do in a given week into your calendar so there's actually time to do it. That is doable change number one. Plan when you will do things. Number two is think positive. Next time you find yourself saying, I don't have time or I can't afford to do that, pause and rethink. Tell yourself, I do have time. Or yes, I'm gonna do that class I'm super excited about. Or yes, we're going to get that dream house. Even if you don't know how, start believing that it's possible. Start dreaming and start shifting your thoughts, thinking positively. By the way, Jackie's books are really amazing at this. So I highly recommend that you go back to the show notes and look up her books because she's very step-by-step -step in how to think positive. If you're like, yeah, that sounds easy if you have everything, but it's not that easy and she's pretty clear in her books about how much work it is but she's really good at stepping you through what you need to do to think positive okay number three debrief at the end of the day even if you get really good about being realistic with your time things will come up to derail your plan this is just life debrief at the end of every day to see what didn't happen and so you can move those things forward to another day that week. You guys, this practice is life-changing. I was so glad Jackie shared it. It's something that I've been doing for a while. I used to ignore things that didn't get done in my calendar, and I would always feel bad and guilty and like I wasn't getting anything done. So in order to learn how to do all this time management stuff, we really have to move things to another slot when we don't get them done. All right, you guys, I will see you on the next episode of the Plan Simple Podcast. Bye for today. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Plan Simple Podcast. If you loved what you heard, the biggest compliment you can give is to share the podcast with a friend. And if you really loved what you heard, if you want to go onto iTunes and subscribe, rate, and review, that really helps us get the best guests we can and improve the podcast so that we're serving up exactly what you want to hear. I will see you on the next episode of the Plan Simple Podcast. Bye for now.